Welcome to Leap Into Your Story Podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson. Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. Uh, We interview great guests who provide powerful insights and inspire you to get your story told. So be sure to visit leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like via your favorite social media platform. So let's get started. And I'm very excited uh, with my guest, Today is Gennaro Keeley-Smith. He's Mm -hmm. a distinguished educator and award-winning author and a longtime friend and associate from our school days. So it's it's an extra, (laughs) extra uh, pleasure and honor to have um, somebody that I've known and watched grown into uh, quite the... Um, author and educator and passionate about both. So in this episode, we're going to find out about writing historical fiction and poetry, and at the same time, learning about countries of dust and dreams. So Gennaro, tell us about your journey and what has inspired you to write about a particular country and era and the theme in your books. Well, I, I was born in Vietnam in 1968 uh, during the war, and um, I found out later in life that my mother was the 27th child uh, of a huge family. Wow. My Vietnamese grandfather, who was very rich and a, and a major commander for the South Vietnamese Army, mm-hmm. uh, had seven wives at the same time. Oh, my. <laughs> so in, in being a young kid who wanted to be a writer, uh, how do you forego, you know, their stories? And so I wanted to um, keep their stories alive, um, especially my grandfather, who disowned his daughter, my mother, because she married a Black American Catholic. And so that, that is always interesting, a, a dynamic that I found interesting. And I'm always interested in conflict, not only because of the Vietnam War, but the conflicts on a personal level. Um, you know, within a family, and you, you have a father uh, who disowns his own daughter. Um, a year after I was born, um, he, 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 he came by to see what I look like. He was curious, you know, what does a black man and a Vietnamese woman produce? And he saw me and he realized I looked so much like him and he allowed 
his, his daughter uh, back in the family again, and he accepted my father as his son-in-law. So growing up and learning about the conflict within the family, how can you not tell those stories? And so that, that's, that's the thing that uh, inspired me to write. But of course, you have to fictionalize certain things, you know? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but my desire to be a, a writer was uh, the summer of 1977. Um, my dad took us to, to the Man's Chinese Theater. I, I don't know if you re recall that on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, Hollywood, the old bands. Exactly. And, and we were in line at noon and we did not get into the theater uh, until I think it was around 10 p.m. at night. It was the summer of the blockbuster, you know, uh, movies. Yeah. And the movie was um, Star Wars. <laughs> and, and, and we got out after midnight. And, and I remember just being so thrilled and enthralled by watching Star Wars that I knew when I walked out, I wanted to be a storyteller. Mm. What exactly? I don't know. I thought perhaps science fiction, like Star Wars. Um, and then when I was in high school, I read a lot of Stephen King novels, and I thought I would be the next Stephen King. But then in college, uh, I took uh, courses in Asian American literature and African American literature. And, and, I, and I thought, no, I got to tell my family story instead, my ancestry, um, the war, um, African-American people, Vietnamese people, and people including myself, I'm Amerasian because I'm half black American and half Vietnamese or half Asian. And I thought we need more stories about us out there. And so that's what I primarily write about. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I course with I know the importance of retaining family history especially yeah. in the areas that nobody really wants to talk about exactly um, yeah but yeah. you know it's part of who you are good mm -hmm. bad and indifferent and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that's one of the things that I discovered with just my whole my because I have three <laughs> I write the volume set of memoirs <laughs> you yes, know touched yeah. trial by fire and mm -hmm. mastering the paradox and each each one of those stories mm -hmm. has um various history that nobody in the family else knew so yeah, yeah for whatever yeah. reason I yeah. was like the chosen one yeah. to be stored with those those stories so that, that is that is so true uh, victoria because i didn't find out until, uh, about my um grandfather's seven wives and 27 children until i was 30 years old wow and and i thought and and i pressed my mother uh for information because i was working on my first novel in grad school and i and i was working on a dream chapter a dream sequence where I recalled as a three-year-old living in Vietnam, uh, being in a house filled with women. And, 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 and all my life I was told, oh, th those were the nursemaids, they were the maids, they were the housekeepers. And, 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 and something just didn't feel right when I was writing this chapter. And I called my mother up one day, and I was 30 years old, and I said, uh, 
those were his mistresses, weren't they? You know, they, they were not my nursemaids or my little brother's nursemaids or the household maids. And she finally confessed, no, they were his wives. And I thought, had I not written, worked on his novel during grad school, um, had I not pressed my mother about it, th those stories would have died. I, I, I would not have known about my grandfather and his wives and his 27 children. Wow. I, you know, I was 30 years old and I thought those stories would have died. And so my task is to tell their stories, to keep their stories alive, because as the, like you said, as a chosen one, right? Right. When I die, their stories go away. So luckily I have two daughters, Layla and Naomi, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty um, smart. <laughs> I'll give them that. Um, but they both want to be writers as well. Nice. And hopefully they can keep the stories going on. You know, they can continue the stories that, that I can't tell within however many years I have left in life, you know. Um, so hopefully they can keep that legacy going. And we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I, I really connect with what you said about uh, I'm the chosen one, you know, mm -hmm. of the family. So yeah, exactly. Right. And mm -hmm. that's um, interesting because I think the, the last time we actually talked, it was on the mm -hmm. roof at the, the Cal State University Northridge, right? That's, that's right. That's right. The, the roof. It was called the roof. Yeah. That was called the roof because it was, it was a restaurant. on a restaurant on the yep. roof. Yeah, um, yep. Sierra but, Tower. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think that we were in our what early twenties and early, early. And I remember you during that conversation about us searching, like searching your history. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, there was yeah. something that was stirring in you, um, mm -hmm. and you had talked about you know, I really want to, you know, travel and write yeah, and yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to, uh, and you had something to the effect of, I need to find out, not you want it, but you needed to find out more about your, your history. Exactly. Um, and I thought that was interesting because it's come full circle. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and something you touched, touched on earlier about um, people not wanting to talk about a particular error. Mm -hmm. yeah, or, or, or a particular people and and my parents never talked about the war much they, they didn't um it, it, i mean the vietnam war has always been a touchy subject for yeah. some people and, and when i graduated from mcneese state university in lake charles louisiana um, during the three years I was there as a graduate student, I had a number of um, chapters and short stories published, and they drove out from Los Angeles to Louisiana to attend my graduation, and, and, and it was then they realized, oh, our son is serious about writing, and that's when they started to open up about wow. their family history, like, this is why we had to move around in Vietnam during the war. Um, you had pneumonia, Gennaro, when you were a, a year and a half. We had to duck under uh, uh, the bed because they were bombing us. They started to open up about things they kept hidden for so long. 
because they realized that I, I needed to know as much about not only the war, but our family dynamics. Um, and, and, and I guess they felt guilty for <laughs> withholding all of that. And, and they would tell me these stories and I'm like, man, that would make a gr- great story. That would make a great chapter or a great poem, right. you know, book. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they finally opened up, you know, after 30 years of my existence. So, yeah. so they, they're giving me a lot of fodder for my, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel very privileged because mm-hmm. I think I was right that conversation and there was, you know, a couple of my friends, uh, Beachy and Chantel, I think, and they were, mm-hmm. you know, talking about just, you know, classes and stuff. And I remember it was oddly, I remember the conversation we had where yeah, yeah. really had this, this yearning, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like not everything's told and there's exactly. something. And exactly. I, I remember that conversation, yeah, you know, we yeah. were in our twenties and it finally um, surfaced and, and, you know, bubbled up and manifested. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I just, Ooh, I got goosebumps. Just, <laughs> 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 I was like, I was at the start of that percolation, you know? Yeah. 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 Those were the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. And here, <laughs> look where it has, and look at it, it has come up. Now you're, I get to find out lucky yeah. me I get to find yeah. out from yeah. that conversation from 20 some years ago <laughs> I know I think it was like 20 uh, yeah Five? Like 28 years ago or 28? Something like yeah that. yeah but we just dated ourselves dude but that's I know okay. I know <laughs> <laughs> but but you know we we look good as we do now so yes you know yeah <laughs> God's been good to us yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I feel very blessed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that this um, platform has really, um, it just excelled my excitement. You know, most yeah. people, I think at our age, probably think about retirement. I'm all like, I'm ready for my next adventure podcasting, yeah. man, because I'm having <laughs> a whole bunch of fun. I'm meeting a lot of great, awesome people. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm providing value. I want people to feel as good as we do mm-hmm. Gennaro, about uh, writing. Yeah. Th- so, that's, yeah, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm happy to uh, mm-hmm. provide the value and hopefully get other folks, um, you know, interested and informed mm-hmm. earlier. So they don't have yes. to be later in life and they already have a good idea because there's there's a lot of information out there and it's hard to find out what's real you know because yeah, there's a lot of yeah. you know a promotion to sell stuff I exactly. just want to have good conversations with exactly. you know exquisite people that mm-hmm. will set you on the right course give yes. you their vast information expertise and experience mm-hmm. to hopefully mm-hmm spark something to keep them, you know, momentum going. Yes. Uh, That's precisely. um, I'm I'm fortunate to have um, creative writing students to, who have published um, Mm -hmm. their own novels with uh, big um, publishing houses and also in, in reputable, journals and magazines and so that that makes me uh d- delighted to know that they did continue 
after graduation to pursue writing as a part of their career, you know, on top of teaching in a high school or at a university or college. Yeah. Um, so they, they keep me informed. I follow them on Facebook. Nice. <laughs> so, so that's them, nice. Yeah. Send them my way. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. All right. Send All right. them my way. <laughs> I've got, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> and also too, I'm sure as an educator and you know that, you know, you learn things from your students too. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. You know. mm-hmm. so, so often uh, when we critique their poems, when I critique their poems or we all, the whole class does um, or, or a chapter to a novel or a short story. So often I, I would say, Oh, that's not how I would have written that scene or, or, and it helps me to edit my own writing um, in terms of presentation, in terms of delivery, in terms of um, making a scene more intense or, or lighthearted, you know? Um, so, so I love, le- I learn from my own students as well. It, it's, it's not, you know, them learning from me primarily, but I learned from them by taking their stuff. So that, that's the, the advantage of um, teaching. Yes, I, I've noticed that too. You know, somebody yeah. who's done 20 years of pottery, 20 plus mm-hmm. years, you know, yeah. I always go back into the beginner classes. Exactly. Just, yeah. just yeah. to, you yeah. know, get that feel. And also too, as uh-huh. a beginner, you don't have um, I don't want to say the baggage, but that might be, you know, if, if you, you don't know, you just have the excitement. You mm-hmm. don't care about the criticism. You're there to learn. You're in a different mindset. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. um, you know, it's, so I always um, think that it's great to get, get inspired by just that new, energy, yeah, yeah, that yeah. new thinking. Um, yeah. And we're always uh, learners. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and it's, it's fun to, <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch these 18 and 19 year old, you know, college freshmen take a, a creative writing class and, and you get to the critique part of, of the, the course and, and, and they won't talk. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're afraid that they might sound dumb or that they're being nitpicky and, and, and and, and I just try to draw it out of them and let them know that it's, it's not, it, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. If, if you have a problem with this line of a poem or this stanza or this paragraph in a short story or how the short story begins, just say it and, and just explain why it made you, it gave you this sort of reaction. Um, and, and, and so they get comfortable after a while and, and I need them to to verbalize what is wrong with a poem or a short story so that in essence they can reflect on what is wrong with their own writing you know with their own story or poem and and i i I think it works you know um when they you know get out of that shell when it comes to criticizing other people's work because they do it in Freshman Composition 102, which is a class I teach where they have to analyze short stories and poems 
like professionally written by, by, by writers, you know, and, and plays like by Tennessee Williams or August Wilson, you know, that you have to analyze. So look at it that way when you analyze or critique a fellow student's poem or short story, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Well, there, there, I mean, it's natural. You're looking at it like, you know, criticism, even if it is constructive, is still criticism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And, 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 they, and, and they think to themselves, oh, I'm going to hurt this person's feelings. Right. And, right. and I always tell them the story that, you know, I was always looking for somebody to criticize my work when I was in high school. You know, I, I wrote prolifically because I wanted to be a writer. So I wrote as much as possible and I would seek out um, older students and say, Hey, can you tell me what's wrong? You know, I, I need to know, you know, if, if I'm yeah. going to be a writer, I need to know what's wrong and, and, and how can I fix it? You know? So I was always eager um, to find anyone who's, who had the time right. to read <laughs> yes. and, and yeah. just tear it apart. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's important. I not only what's wrong, but what's right. So you want to, yeah, yeah. you know, keep doing what's, you need to know what's working well, as well as maybe not what's working. Exactly. Well. Ex- exactly. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I catch I, myself. Yeah. I catch myself writing a, a scene that's going on way too long or the, the topic is, is just going on way too long and I have to stop and say, okay, I, I've just wasted 10 pages that, that I, I probably won't ever use. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's a possibility that you're going to write 10 or a hundred pages that no one will ever read or that yeah. you will never, ever use uh, exactly. yourself, you know? So, and that's something you got to accept. Yeah. Well, it happens. Editing thing. Yeah, it, it does. I, matter of fact, uh, uh, my new book, my uh, new fiction book, I just mm-hmm. did that. I did, I, it was probably about seven pages and I'm like, yeah, no way. I got a different, better idea. And, you know, what helps is, it, what helps Victoria is when you get bored of it. <laughs> yes. You write Good five tip. or seven, you write Good. five or seven pages and you're actually yawning. I, oh I, my gosh I'm yawning and i'm like no no maybe it's because i'm tired it's late at night i'll read it again tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon and you're reading it again and you're yawning and it's like oh yep. that's a good sign yeah <laughs> awesome gotta, yes you gotta set that it aside and, so, <laughs> and, and it's like you said there's a better way of saying this yes a better way of telling this part of the story you know yep kids you're not if, if i'm yawning yeah <laughs> sign that oh Gennaro you dummy throw it away <laughs> were you watching that night Gennaro because that's exactly exactly what went down sir that is exactly- I have had that happen quite quite often where it's like you go in thinking oh this is this is going to be a good part yep. of the story you know and then you write it and you're like on page five you're on page seven you're like oh <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and then it's so bad when you get up and walk away from your computer screen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like you're walking away from your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of talking to you. I'm walking away. Right. <laughs> That's 
so funny. So funny. Awesome tip. So if yeah, you're all yeah, taking exactly. notes, put that down. If you're falling yeah. asleep with your own writing, you need yeah. to change it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just scrap it and then just start all over. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of how much time you put it in, because people get oh, invested. You get invested and, and you're like, I just spent two months doing that. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, that, move on. That's the hard thing for for young writers or older writers who want to begin is, but but I invested this time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it right. Yep. Mm -hmm. What you wrote does not make it good. Right. Yeah. Um, so yep. yeah. Um, but but I remember uh, one of my professors in grad school, Robert Olin Butler, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. He, he would, we would workshop our stuff. Mm. I kid you not, he would say, throw it away. And you had other students who said, well, yeah, but this is a 28-page chapter or story, and I, and I spent two months on it, and he said, throw it away. And there were others who refused to do so, and mm. I kept in touch with most of them, and they didn't become writers because they didn't listen to what he was telling them. Yeah. It's not a good story. Throw it away. Start all over. And I remember the first year um, of workshops, he didn't like anything I wrote. Mm. And he would tell me, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. And there was one workshop. It was during my third semester where he said, it was a 28-page uh, chapter. And he went to like page 14 or 15 and he picked out a sentence and he said, this is a good sentence. Start right there, throw everything else away. The other 28 pages, take this one sentence and start right there. And, and that's hard for young writers or beginning writers to do is, is. I think it's hard for any, any writer. Any, any, yeah, anyone, anyone. Um, gosh. I mean, I, I know a couple. One's a playwright and a fiction writer and a novelist. And, and, and his, his wife um, teaches um, literature at, at, at our university. And she will outright tell him, I'm tired of reading this. Wow. <laughs> That's hard. Mm. Especially when the guy has, has had many plays produced and he has had many novels uh, published and short stories. And there was one evening where she said, I'm so tired of reading this. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I, you, you, as the writer, you got to have a thick skin and trust in the person who reads and critiques your stuff you know um so yeah yeah wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know oh my gosh yeah yeah but these are good tips these are mm -hmm. tips that i'll tell you nobody has shared before okay so. okay all right well that's good that's good so, yes um, and they are harsh tips, but if, if you want to be truthful to yourself as an artist, mm -hmm. you know, uh, regardless of what medium it is, whether it's writing, screen writing, or playwriting, or painting, or photography, 
Yeah. You, you're going to get some harsh criticism and how are you going to deal with it? You know, that that's the important thing. Do you give up? <clears throat> you know, like, 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 geez, I wasn't meant to be a writer after all. So I'll just stop writing. But the thing is, there's that desire that's embedded in you that won't let you give up. Right. And you're going to keep trying and trying and trying. And, and, and that's just how it is. I mean, look at you. You know, I mean, you, you kept going, right? Yeah. I kept going on a many things that people told me to give up on. Oh, my um, gosh. You're not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pottery, uh, you know, I'm an international ceramic artist. I've been in yeah, yeah, yeah. galleries and museums. But, you know, my ceramic instructor told me mm-hmm. that, you know, I probably would never get out of beginner stage. And oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> never get. And you know what? My my attitude was good thing I had the good insight because you know I says I don't want to stay at a beginner because I yeah. saw the other other seasoned uh, ceramic artists that looked pretty miserable because they were yeah. struggling. They couldn't find the ideas. They had to keep upping their last design, and I was yeah, like, having yeah. fun. So- yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I remember uh, doing a a book report on Stevie Wonder. Um, I I, I I think it was in eighth grade. And and he was told that, because he's blind, he was told that, oh, you'll never amount to much. So you you might as well get used to learning how to weave baskets. Jeez. Wow. Wonder, you know, Stevie Wonder, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and, And his mom said, no, I, I, I think you can do more. Yeah. So she taught him how to identify coins. She would drop coins on the, you know, a quarter, a dime, a nickel, a penny, right. and say, what is that? And he, he, that's how he learned music. Wow. The drops of coins, you know, on a table. I mean, th- think about it. If, if Stevie Wonder had given in and said, well, you know what? I, I guess I'll make brooms and weave baskets for, for, for all my life because that's, that's all I'm good for. I mean, we would not have gotten, you know, great right. from such a man, you know? Right. So, so, so whatever art medium you're into is transferable to the art medium you do, Okay. That, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, too, knowing that only you really know what your best interest is. Because there's a lot of well meaning people that might tell you something, uh-huh. but, yeah. you know, you got to follow your own beat, your own, yeah, you know, your exactly. own drumbeat, and your own life. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And not everybody's going to. There's people who were very well-meaning that, yeah. uh, you know, because I, I, my husband and I ran a very, very successful antique business. Mm-hmm. And okay. I had people who I felt were my mentors. I mean, they would never give me anything, you know, no underhanded. They really had my best interest, but they were like, oh, honey, go get a W-2. You know, yeah. this is not yeah. a good economy, this and that. We were one of the top um, antique dealers in LA. We were okay. featured in magazines and okay. we dealt with studios. We had, you know, A-level list um, yeah. producers that we dealt with. 
Mm -hmm. And we made, I made more money uh, in that little, you know, starter business with my husband and enjoying what I did every day than any job that could, you know, supposedly guarantee, you know, income. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the passion behind it, you know, you don't want to give up that passion or that dream. Uh, It's what you want to do. Exactly. You know, Um, and you don't want to be thwarted or deterred in any way from seeing whatever dream or passion you have come to fruition. Uh, I mean, you you might as well just, I hate hate to say this, but go get a W-2, like you said. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to be writing a whole course on how to do your passion with a W-2, believe it or not. I've, I've had to do that. And you know what? Not everybody has the right opportunity to do that, but mm-hmm. don't let, you know, a W-2 or, you know, yeah. whatever stop. You can still do it. I know a friend of mine in um, college, she was studying yeah. to be an Olympic hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yes. was already a challenge for her because she was, you know, six feet two. She started oh, wow. at 12. She was African-American, you know, you uh-huh. didn't too many figure skaters you know olympic hopefuls yeah yeah she she had a passion every Mm -hmm. day every day every day and a drive but you know what the reality is sometimes it won't happen too yeah yeah but she was glad that she even she tried and she went on to do something even greater and more rewarding than getting up at four in the morning and training for four hours on the ice so yeah yeah. you know (laughs) <laughs> but but it but it's it, it's what made her feel alive. Yes, yes, and it gave yeah. her the discipline. The discipline. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah That yeah. was the big aha moment. I'm pretty sure she got out of there. Is sometimes, you know what? Even if they don't, if it doesn't manifest, just what you learn from from it will yeah, make other yeah. parts of your life better too. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Whew. Woo. We got some good <laughs> chatting in there, Gennaro. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this is like like old times, you know. I know. Hey, we're not on the roof, but we're still having those. No, those no, the funny thing is, right? Yeah, whenever I um, uh, bring uh, my family out to Los Angeles, because my parents still live in Los Angeles okay. Hills, and Granada Hills is only like three miles or somewhere around there from, um, or four miles from Cal State Northridge. And so I bring the girls on campus and I'd say, oh, this, this is, this is where I took classes, you know, Oh and my goodness. library, you know, and so. <laughs> take them to the roof. <laughs> no, but see, the funny thing is when I went there, every time I go, it's closed because it's, it's like the summertime and, okay. and, and classes are, and we go there on the weekends and classes are not going on. So. <laughs> The building is closed, and 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 so I want to one day take them to the roof, you know, for lunch. Yeah, That'd be great, you know. Oh my gosh, see if they still have the taco salad. <laughs> I know, I know. I oh my god, remember that big old thing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was huge. You know. I know. <laughs> man, that, oh man, yeah, you, you're bringing back memories now. <laughs> That's what I was munching on that gigantic taco salad yeah yeah yeah. yeah. oh it was and it was always good I know 
I know. Disappointed, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, we kept yeah. going back. I, I tell you, I had some best conversations up on that roof. And, oh, yeah. and of course, yeah. look look where the last one I had with you. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I think we have quite a few tips, you know, yeah. uh, you know, basically follow your passion, mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. open to criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be and, ready and find- to let go of something that you work that isn't working. <laughs> because you're yawning. <laughs> yeah, because you're yawning. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> You're yawning on your own writing. That's big. That, yeah, that's big a, that's a, that's a big that's sign right there. Yeah. Neon sign. Yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, well, let's see. Did we get them all? And then what about specifically about historical writing and poetry? What are some of the things that's specific to that particular genre? What I find um, throughout the decades is um, the most successful like novels or movies is, and this is this sounds sappy, Victoria, but you have love stories, right? With the war or some kind of disaster as a backdrop. Nice. Titanic. Yeah. Right. Right. There I mean, you go. <laughs> you know, Titan or the English Patient. You know, uh, Michael Andaji's novel, which is a beautiful, beautiful film, and an even greater novel because all three hundred pages is written in. It's, it's, it's poetry. 300 pages of poetry, basically, is what he did. But, wow. but you get to see it on the screen. And, and it's, it, I find that historical novels and movies, it's a love story. It's always a love story. And can they survive that disaster or that war or that pandemic, you know? Um, and, and, and so the thing with historical novels is you include certain aspects of, let's say, a war. Like, like my, my daughters, my daughters are watching um, Downton Abbey, right? And, and, and I don't know if you've seen that uh, series on, from B- I, BBC. I mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, great, great series, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the first um, episode, I think, is regarding... I th- I think it's the sinking of the Titanic and how they had a cousin or a family member on that boat. And, and, and so that was a way of including history in a, a storyline, you know, and, and, and how that affected the surviving members at Downton Abbey, you know? Um, and, and, and of course, um, later in the series, you have, um, Lady Grantham and, 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 and that family opening their mansion to uh, uh, injured soldiers. That's a way to include history into what is in the forefront. And the forefront is we've got these three daughters and we've got to marry them off, you know. But, but I, I love that. I love how people include history in um um their their stories or poems you know um a couple of days ago i was just thinking about this kid in my class wrote about mortality and and how as a three-year-old he bled a lot you know 
and 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 I told him about uh, being 12 years old and watching uh, Monday Night Football, and and they broke away from Monday Night Football because they had to announce that John Lennon was shot. That's a way you can include some historical event like John Lennon's assassination into your story or poem. Or Ronald Reagan being uh, the, the, the near assassination of Ronald Reagan. You know, you can include that in your stories. So that's a part of history as well. Not just a, a, a huge war like Vietnam or World War II. It could be like little incidents. I remember driving around a panorama uh, uh, mall with my parents. And on the radio, they said, oh, t- today is the fifth year anniversary of Elvis's death. Mm. And 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 I remember my mom turning to my father saying, gosh, has it been five years? Even something like that is of importance to people, you know. So that that so I, I'm always intrigued by history, no matter how large or, or small scale it is. It's important to somebody, all right? Yeah, that, that's a great tip because one of the struggles, especially with me, I know I have a lot of paranormal experiences that I try to, you know, describe. And if people have not, uh, you know, experienced, even some who have, is they haven't had trying to get a connection. Like with me, people Uh always tend to connect with the drama. So it's the love story, you know, the family, you know, the, the issues. And that's the same thing. But I think that's very interesting to inject a little tidbit in there to connect of, of, of that era that yes. year yes. that summer you know um uh, that that winter um you know something occurred that right. has always stuck with you throughout your your childhood all the way through your adult life you know yeah. to this present moment you know there's always something or many events you know um yeah and sometimes those little tidbits Mm -hmm. that seem maybe you know insignificant may have changed the whole course of somebody's life yeah yeah that that's interesting too i always fascinated how what are what are the turning points in your life that trigger you to tell this story yeah 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 that's true that is true um I mean, I find that I, there are things in my childhood that occurred or sudden, certain news events that, 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 that struck me as a kid. And I write about them in, in, later on in my 30s and 40s and 50s because mm-hmm. they never left. Uh, I knew that one day those stories will make it into something, <laughs> whether it's a poem or a short story or a novel, it, it, they will be there. Um, and, and it's basically the idea of keeping their stories alive as well, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want my readers to forget this happened, this occurred. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that's important to me is, you know, through my story, mm-hmm. you have to tell, well, I mean, you're not on an island. So yeah. in order yeah. to share your story, Sometimes you have to share other people's story. And these are people who probably wouldn't 
think about sharing them because they thought they were, you know, insignificant, but, yeah. you know, their act of kindness helped mm-hmm. me through a certain situation. So I, I address that in my books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, had it not been for, you mm-hmm. know, this person showing up at this time. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. That yeah. It, it kind of stirred my, my course into a better direction, but they yeah. would never take credit for it. No, 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 no. It wasn't me. Yeah, 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 it was you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. whether you it's a divine intervention, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Isis, but you showed up. Not everybody shows up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the right time, you know. At the right time, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and you, you, you got to trust that it's, it's, it's a godsend uh, when these things occur. Right. Yeah. Um, or or whomever you know whatever that yes. external <laughs> spirit you know is you know <laughs> exactly well whatever it is we're always appreciative yeah. that yeah um because i know i've had things show up i'm like oh now you show up you're three years too late now you <laughs> yeah yeah, you're yeah, gonna, yeah. You're yeah. going to make it in my story, not in a so nice chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's kind of a joke running in there. You're like, okay, am I going to be the bad guy in your memoirs or mm-hmm. the good guy? I'm like, it's entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Depend oh, how I you know, I know. Out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well i think we've covered a lot of ground on some good information i hope everybody's mm-hmm. taking some good notes well okay. let's talk about your books and okay. specifically and where can we find them and if you okay. want to yeah. share a little okay, bit this, about them mm-hmm. yeah this is uh the land baron son the story of lee liop and his seven wives and that is a a book of prose poems. Um, there are thirty-one of them, but it reads like a, a it reads like a novel. Mm. And so you 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 have uh, poems told from his point of view, but then <clears throat> it, it's split up into five sections. And in, in a certain section, you have um, poems told from his wife's point of view. Mm. And then you have a section told from his children's point of view as well. And of course, I couldn't include all 27 kids, so I, I selected, you know, um, the, the certain um, children, um, some of his sons and daughters. Um, and then, let's see, so, that, so that's the first one. And it's about uh, my grandfather's time spent in a re-education camp because he was a, a major commander for the South Vietnamese Army. And the South Vietnamese Army was our ally America's ally during the war. So after the fall of Saigon in, on April 30th, 1975, the Viet Congs went around and just collected um, people who were our allies, all the soldiers, all the um, officers, and he was one of them. Mm. And so he spent time in a re-education camp serving uh, hard labor, um, and he became a pauper, uh, basically. Um, he lost all his land that he inherited. He he was the son of a land baron. Wow. They were rich. They were very rich. And the fact that he had seven wives and 27 children should tell you just how rich he was. 
that he can afford to have uh, that the, those many wives and children and feed them and clothe them. After the fall of Saigon, communism took over. He became poor to the point where my mother, his only daughter who came to the United States, had to send him money and clothes and, and cigarettes because he couldn't afford any of those luxuries anymore. And so, and, and so which brings me to The Land South of the Clouds, um, which is a, an actual novel, uh, and, and it's about our um, perspective post-Vietnam War regarding him in a re-education camp. So it's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> it is a, a, a companion piece, the two novels, where he's in a re-education re camp in the first book, and then in the land south of the clouds, it's, it's, it's our receiving letters from him and his family members about their hardships and how we have it good in America. Even though we're blue collar workers, we're fine. You know, we can clothe ourselves and feed ourselves, whereas those in Vietnam are struggling. So that, that's what you have. Okay. And, and then the, the last one is uh, the, the beautiful ones are not yet born. And the cover is, is an abstract painting done by a woman named Monique Claymont, who is a, a, a divorce lawyer here in, in Ruston. <laughs> That's her hobby is to paint. And, and, and I love the painting so much that uh, I, I want it as a cover. And it's a collection of short story. And each short story um, goes by a, a decade. So you have a short story from the 1940, the 1950, the 1960. And each short story either takes place in America or Vietnam, pre-Vietnam War, during the Vietnam War, or post-Vietnam War. So I wanted to, um, I wanted a, a large range of what Vietnam was like before the war, during the war, and after the war. So, and, and that is it. And you can get them, get them off of Amazon.com. Uh, the Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born, The Land South of the Clouds, and the land barren sun. And, and if you go to Facebook, you go to Gennaro Keeley Smith, author, and, and, and they're on there as well. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Now, I've got to read your books. <laughs> yeah. Can I get it off of Amazon? You can. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So one, okay. one is currently released and the other two are being revised because, you know, I need the 12-step program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'll, I'll look you up on Amazon, and uh, it, it, it... Yeah, under under VP Anderson. Okay, yeah, well, well, yeah, this is this is the one, but the other two are coming out shortly. So okay, well, congratulations! You know, I'm so glad that that we 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 got to see our dreams come true. Yes, you know? yes, I mean, and, and and that's the thing that I want to um, leave for my daughters is don't become writers after I'm gone, uh, they, they can always tell their husbands and their kids or whomever, you know, this is my dad, this is what he did, you know, so.
I'm, I'm glad for, I'm glad that we, you and I, you know, saw our dreams come true. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and surprisingly, I mean, my relatives um, are very happy because again, as the chosen ones for yeah, our yeah, yeah, yeah. stories, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we have <laughs> the obligation and the duty to continue writing because I'm exactly. sure you know, there's more as, as you present stories, more people share they come out. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're not kidding. You have uh, family members as well as friends who will tell you stories. Yes. Thinking, oh, maybe you can use this. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and more than likely, I will be using it, using whatever they tell me. You know. Um, yes. Maybe their family members won't like it. You know, <laughs> they see like what, like, oh, what did my what did my son or daughter tell you, General? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, there's those who all will remember, remind you, there's always two sides of the story. Exactly, but, exactly. You know yeah. what? My thing is write your own darn book through your your filters. I'm writing it through mine. Yeah. How my, yeah. my reaction, yeah. emotion, re- exactly. rational, you know, uh-huh. processing yeah. of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but I, I will send uh, some writers your way. I, I will tell Absolutely. them about the podcast and some of them are... are went to Cal State Northridge and they're really? looking at Texas or um Northern California. Um but but I will I will send them your way as well. Okay. okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm in New Mexico now. So Oh what part? Yes. What part? <laughs> I, I'm in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, just outside of Albuquerque. Okay. Oh man, it's a beautiful place. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, you I, enjoyed I, it. <laughs> I mean, I miss the valley sometimes, but I, I do what I yes. what I traded in for is the beautiful, uh, almost twelve thousand foot sandias, which is out of my view of the exactly. front of the house, and yep. then I have a view of the West Mesa with the three sister volcanoes, which I yeah, love. Yeah. I say good morning to my three sisters yeah. every- <laughs> when I'm out in the backyard. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of a mini ranch. I live on a little. Oh. Mini ranch. So, man, you're lucky. Very, you're so yeah. lucky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, now, now I'm jealous. Now I'm, oh man. Well, yeah. You come out. You come out and visit. Yeah. All right. That sounds good, man. All right. Well, you you, you take it easy. Uh, is, is that it? Or is, I is unless there's anything else uh, you'd like to share. I think we'll just about wrap this up. No, but that, you, that, that's that's that that's good. Um, I've I've got a, a class to prep. <laughs> Okay, well then we will go half an hour. So yeah, wrap this up then. Okay, well, Gennaro, it's been so much fun and an absolute pleasure and an honor to uh, be able to speak with you today. And I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to um, chat with me and provide me some fantastic value for viewers. Yeah, it's so good to see you and speak to you in real time because you know we would always you know click on like or whatever on facebook and right. it's like so it's it's finally get to nice to get to hear your voice and just to talk in real time and and reminisce about the roof yeah the roof yeah oh, if you haven't thought about that in a while glad i could bring it up for you <laughs> yeah 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 and it's funny because uh my wife and i are gonna go uh, uh out to dinner because the girls have like a a, a lock like a slumber party thing going on at our church. And I said, do you want Italian tonight or, or, or Mexican, you know? And 
And she said, either one is good, but then you bring up the, the, the whole taco salad thing. And, and so I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be Mexican tonight. Ta-da! <laughs> I, I extended more value than I actually thought I would. I'm glad I could assist you with your dinner plans as well. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm feeling Mexican tonight. So. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you take so, it easy and thank you for yeah. this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to Leap Into Your Story show where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. So uh, you can be guided to your own journey into writing your own story. So remember mm-hmm. to leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy enjoy. Even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, like and subscribe via your favorite social media network. We look forward to seeing you next time here Mm -hmm. on Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.